show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pop, spoon, ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> And we're back. WTM, watch this movie. I'm your host, Eric Mulder. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. It's another three-way today, as I'm joined by both Alex the Bicep Jones and Mr. Wolfie T. What's going on, guys? Nothing. I'm just waiting for you to play our sound <laughs> clips, and you fucking mashed us up. So yeah. now our, our sound <laughs> clips are going to be touching tips. <laughs> Fucked up the whole. You don't want touch tips? <laughs> Let him watch. Let him watch. Now nobody knows who that's attributed to. Yeah, Brett or me. <laughs> that's total wolf clip. Total wolf clip. <laughs> wolf of Wall Street. Of course, it's Wolfie T. <laughs> Wait for the wolf. We should be coming directly. You send in the wolf. We know he just threw everyone a curveball because that's two wolf clips then. Yeah. Which they're like, why doesn't the bicep have anything? <laughs> He's left that in the corner. I think if they keep listening, you don't put bicep in the corner. If they keep listening, they'll they'll find out why you don't get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, today another big day. We got Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Mad Max Three, big day. Yeah. <laughs> Mel's day out. <laughs> It's a lovely day. <laughs> ah. Cue it up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if your road connect. Shh. Shun. Oh, I, I thought you were shushing us. <laughs> we are continuing our summer down under. Continuing. It's <laughs> <laughs> trying to be supportive. <laughs> This is going to be like the most disjointed opening for, I think, any episode we've ever done. Isn't that how most of these three ways go? It'll be <laughs> somewhat. It'll be good for our new listeners to yeah. figure out what's what's happening. We'll be so confused. Yeah. Mad Max 3, as it's known. Down under. In the continent of Australia. Yep. Here, it was called Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I think it's called Oceana now. I think it's called Australia. <laughs> no, the, I think the co- the continent is Oceana. Oh, really? I don't. That's know. what they call it. It's a Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, there was Mad Max. Then there was the Road Warrior. Although that was actually Mad Max Two. The reason it was called the Road Warrior in the U.S. is because they didn't think people would come out to see it because nobody came out to see Mad Max in the U.S. Didn't do well, so like, hey, we'll throw a different name on it because no one's gonna go to a sequel of a movie they didn't see. That's a good idea, cause why wouldn't you make a sequel to a movie nobody saw? <laughs> hmm. Well, people saw it in Australia. That's I where they're making them. I guess. But uh, then we have Thunderdome, which was the first Mad Max that wasn't 
purely financed. It was like an American financed film, which is why they have Tina Turner in there. Right. And that's how you're getting audiences to go watch it. Yep. yep. Gotta get Tina in there. Because she's simply the best. Yeah. <laughs> and what's love got to do with it? I really don't know. <laughs> what's love got to do? Let's go with something to talk about, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is before Lethal Weapons, so Mel. Mel was an up-and-comer kind of still in 85. What he had all done besides Mad Max? So, he had done uh, Gallipoli. Did yeah, anybody I've see of, that? I've heard of that. I've seen it. It's okay. Before before this? Yeah. Oh, okay. What am I thinking of? What's the one that he directed in the 2000s? Apocalypto? That's it. Yeah. That's no, good never one. Mind. It's called The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> also a good one. Uh, so he Shout started on apparently something called the Barbary Coast, then the Sullivan's TV show, uh, Summer City, Cop Shop, then it was Mad Max, then Tim. He played Tim. <laughs> and Tim. The hero TV movie, Chain Reaction, Uncredited, Attack Force Z. Then there's Gallipoli in 81. Tickled Pink, The Road Warrior, Punishment, The Year of Living Dangerously, The Bounty in 84, The River in 84, Mrs. Soffel, Soffel, S-O-F-F-E-L, 84. (laughs) Then Thunderdome, then Lethal Weapon, 87. So really not much outside of Mad Max. Nope. Gallipoli, a lot of TV and Gallipoli. Gallipoli, was yeah. that popular? I never saw that. I don't know yeah, it's it. it's it's considered kind of a wartime or more movie <laughs> classic. Directed by Peter Weir, so a very famous director. World War Two. That's World War One. Oh, okay. Um, about a battle in the with the Aussies and uh, well, yeah, but um, <laughs> it's the Aussies <laughs> and the Brits against, I believe, the Turks. Okay. Those fucking Turks. <laughs> hey, easy. Hey. <laughs> you take it easy on the Turks. Turks um, and Kekos? Yeah, then Tequila Sunrise, Lethal Weapon 2, Air America. Then it was then it was Mel time for about the next 10 years. And I believe the newest Mad Max, didn't they say based on age? is technically supposed to occur before this one that's what i'd read i didn't pay yeah. attention to age in any of them until i read that yeah because i also tom read hardy that. as max is technically younger than mel in this one is he is he supposed to be the same person I get... yeah yeah i think so like, I, think I know the character name is the same but i thought they're yeah i thought they wrote this like a reboot almost because uh, the way or an alternate universe from what I read, Thunderdome is supposed to take place, was it 15 years after yep. Road Warrior? Yeah. And the Road Warrior is supposedly five years after Mad Max. Yeah. So 20 so years since the first one. So Thunderdome, he's supposed to be in his 40s. And then Fury Road is kind of around like 35-ish, mm-hmm. mid-30s. You should have paid attention to the nightly tell, and then you would have known the history to tell it to the next generation <laughs> of newborns. 
tell them to the birthed. <laughs> All right, whatever they call them. Use use visual kids. aids, cave drawings. Yeah. So let's go over the deets. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out in 1985, directed by George Miller and George Ogilvy. Uh, starring Mel Gibson, Tina Turner, Bruce Spence, Frank Thring, Thring, T H R I N G. It's a tongue twister. Sounded out. Thring. Thring. Hooked on phonics. So, sounded <laughs> out. Paul Larson is Blaster. Let's see, where's Master? Robert Groob is Pig Killer. Fuck's the Master. Master is Angelo Rosito. Okay, yeah, Angelo Rosito is the Master. You said he's in Freaks? Yeah. Because you talked about Freaks a few episodes back. You had watched that. Yep, he was in Freaks. He was a little person. So, yeah, he... (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I was like, what's he playing Freaks? He's just uh, just a little person. (laughs) Apparently, that was enough of a novelty. Well, it was uh, was all Freak Show performers, and he was a little person, so he played a little person. I was going to ask, what's the politically correct term for a little person in my eyes calling somebody a little person seems more demeaning than other things strictly because it's like you're you're little you're a little person i don't know, know what I, I mean i just know they don't yeah like, they seemed, don't. it seems but i think that's what like, i think in 20 most, years most like prefer. did you just fucking call that guy a little person you fucking <laughs> asshole you fucking average person are fuck? you calling him right. little you just called him little <laughs> I would go, well, he's littler than I am. <laughs> right. I just don't, I know they, that most of them don't like the M word. Yeah. Man? Midget. Midget. <laughs> they don't like midget. So back to Thunderdome. Thank where, God. Where did we leave off on the cast? Yeah. Were we no, listening we got to the cast? the cast? The major players in the cast. Okay. The kids don't need any representation in the cast. No, they're think. not good anyways. Did you get angry Anderson? <laughs> they're not. Who's Angry Anderson? He's Iron Bar. He's the dude with the extra head. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that guy was pretty cool. I don't know how you get a name like Angry. That'd be uh, his parents must not have liked him. So beyond Thunderdome storyline, Bartertown is a city on the edge of a desert that has managed to retain some technology, if no civilization. Max has his supplies stolen and must seek shelter there in a post-apocalyptic world where all machines have begun to break down and barbarians. Hold what is left. He becomes involved in a power struggle in this third Mad Max film where he must first survive the town, survive the desert, and then rescue the innocent children he has discovered. Sweet. Yep. Mel's always been good with kids. Sounds good. So let's go over first experiences. Again, we're not going to read the whole plot summary, but we are going to go through the whole movie. We have enough notes between us. We can keep track of this story. There's Thunderdome, and then there's little kids, and then it ends. Yeah. And there's an airplane in there, too, somewhere. Gyrocopter, whatever the fuck they're called. So, Jones, Wolfie, first times watching Thunderdome. Your experience. Go. Uh, disappointment, not into it. <laughs> How long ago? Uh, what was it? Probably... Three years ago, I want to say, first time I saw it. Maybe longer than that. I loved Mad Max. 
loved Road Warrior. And this one was just cheesy. I couldn't stand Tina Turner. thought she was just terrible. Uh, the kids aspect. I hated the entire tor- storytelling part. I thought it took way too long and it was boring. So that was first impressions. But now? Well, I've seen it, I think, two times. This last time and then a time in between. And it's gotten better every time. So the other day when I watched it, I like it a lot more. So Tina Turner doesn't bug me as much. Uh, it's still cheesy. Some of the kids' parts are a little dragging. Mm-hmm. Like the long storytelling of Captain Walker and all that. It's not bad. Um, but uh, I'm probably somewhere in between critics and audiences where I'd rate this. Mm-hmm. The action's still fucking sweet, mm-hmm. I would say. But they need to go to the Thunderdome more than once. Another stickler for me. <laughs> Mr. Brett? Nothing's ever good enough for you. No. I probably watched it, uh, yeah, maybe three, four years ago. It was probably about a year before Fury Road came out. Uh, and I liked it. I uh, So I watched the first Mad Max maybe a year before that, and then I watched Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome kind of at the same time. And the first Mad Max was okay. Road Warrior was really good, and then Beyond Thunderdome was maybe a little worse than Road Warrior, but I still really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, watching it again for this, uh, yeah, again, I, th- I think, like Jones, I thought it was better than I remembered, and, you know, I liked it the first time I watched it, so it was very enjoyable the second time. So are you raking the first Mad Max last out of all four? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. I would go... Well, at least to the first three. I don't know. Fury Road, I, I don't know if I'd put them in with the other three, but... I'd go two, four, one, three. So I'd rank Thunderdome last. That's what we're doing it. It's the first. worst one. I'd probably go <laughs> two, one, four, three. Okay. This is for sure the last. But it's still enjoyable. Just, yeah. It just yeah. took me more than one watch to actually get past some of the stuff I wasn't into. Yeah, even the first time I watched it, you know, several years ago, I was just, I was in from the get-go. Like, I fucking loved Thunderdome. And then you get to the Peter Pan story, and you're just kind of <laughs> thrown for a loop. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I think I was also... Where are the cars? Right. <laughs> I was super fucking disappointed when the movie ended the first time, and I was like... They're not going to fight in the Thunderdome again. (laughs) What the fuck is the point? (laughs) I want to see Tina Turner go fight Mel Gibson in the Thunderdome. He knocks out a woman in the movie, so he's not above fighting (laughs) Tina Turner. So, come on. Let's be fair. It wasn't a woman. It was a girl. Yeah, a little girl. She's (laughs) under 18. She's she's definitely a minor. And then he tied her up against, like, a stake. (laughs) But it's for her own good. Yeah. All right. Now he's this. <laughs> I told you, Mel's always good with kids. <laughs> he knows what's best. Um, yeah, watching it again, uh, it doesn't bother me as much. The, the kind of the Lost Boys story. Um, waiting Boys. Yeah, I know they're the Waiting Boys. <laughs> I also called him Peter Pan. You didn't correct me there. No, no, no I heard you say that. <laughs> And you didn't correct me. I was surprised, though, in, <laughs> like, trying to read around the lack of 
anybody calling out the Peter Pan connection. I didn't read like reviews anybody did the movie, but fun facts or Wikipedia page or anything like that in the movie. Peter what? Pan's not brought up. Uh, Lord of the Flies yeah, is yeah, mentioned yeah. once, which I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Like they, the whole plane thing and fucking kids and stuff like that. I was like, well, oh, I get that then. Fucking kids? Yeah. It wasn't Who's e- fucking kids? <laughs> Mel, probably. <laughs> tying them up. He was using it as an adjective, not a verb. Um, <laughs> it was a yoke. Uh, Where's your head at? <laughs> We're going to find out a little bit. Mentioned this. tying up girls and Mulder's like, fucking kids. <laughs> nice. It's a fucking joke. It's a play on words. <laughs> Wait till we get to the Master Blaster. <laughs> yeah. Mulder's we have, a, we have a special conversation about Master Blaster. I had read that originally they were going to make a movie that was just like Lord of the Flies. With a bunch of kids, you know, post-apocalyptic type of thing, or at least stranded yeah. in a desert wasteland. Which is a fucking dope-ass book. I yeah. love Lord of the Flies. Yeah. It's a great book. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. They decided to change it to a Mad Max movie, because like in, the, in their story that they had, somebody was going to come upon them and save them or whatever. And then it was like, what if Mad Max does it? <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. Well, I think it was George Miller and George Ogilvie were kind of writing it together. Yeah. And then George Miller's like, I get this other thing I've been doing over the past few years. I think it's Max. We could slide that in. Maybe make a third one. I think Miller was like, Ogilvie, you take your first crack at it. And he did. And then he goes, well, we want people to actually watch this. So let's just say <laughs> Max finds him. <laughs> people love that dude. <laughs> Then you direct most of it. I'll just do action shit. I think that's how it came to be. <laughs> uh, the reason there's co-directors on this one, because George Miller directed the first two. He directed Fury Road. But he co-directs this one because it's said, based off of what I read, that he directed pretty much all the action scenes and Ogilvy did all the other stuff. And it was a lot of... Some of it was because it was a lot of actors and moving parts and dialogue that you know george miller couldn't be tied down with because byron kennedy who was a producer on the mad max franchise was killed in a helicopter crash scouting locations for thunderdome and that's why that says the film is dedicated to him at the end apparently george or and miller and him were very close and so it was almost like he almost didn't even direct the movie he was kind of going through a rough time I mean, we've seen that already this year with Zack Snyder. He stepped out of finishing up Justice League because, you know, his daughter uh, committed suicide and Josh Whedon stepped in. So, uh, and that's a point of contention. Nobody really knows how they're going to handle the director credits. If it's Mm -hmm. just going to say Zack Snyder or if it's going to say both or, you know, because they're not sure if Whedon's going to get in there or not, even though he's overseeing all the reshoots directing the reshoots additional footage being shot like a like 25 million worth of reshoots hmm. give him a special thanks <laughs> yes. well yeah Problem he's gonna get one of those but then they don't give him a story credit then they don't have to pay him <laughs> no they don't have to pay him oh. he's, he's doing batgirl next so huh. he's fully switched into dc who's gonna be batgirl uh they alicia that? silverstone <laughs> 
I wish. <laughs> bring her back. <laughs> keep keep the nipples on that suit. She, <laughs> bring her back. She's not working, is she? I don't think so. <laughs> no, she has some spare time. It's been a while. She probably still got the suit. Waiting for that clueless reunion. Her and Stacy Dash. Yeah. Brittany Murphy. <laughs> All right. So Paul Rudd. Let's get into it. So Max is traveling through the desert on some sort of a rig powered by camels. Because it seems like most gas is just kind of gone now. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's out in the middle of the desert, so. Yeah. I mean, even if he was able to carry a lot. I don't know where he got the camels from, but let's not ask that question. Yeah. Because that was before the movie. There's a whole, like, apparently 15 years between this and the Road Warrior where he's just been hanging out. Yeah, because he just hooked up his interceptor to, like, eight camels. <laughs> <laughs> and Jebediah, the pilot, who, have we confirmed that that's the same Jebediah from the Road Warrior? I think they're different characters, because I remember when I watched them back to back, I'm like, well, that dude just saved him in the last movie. Why the fuck is he stealing his shit now? And I, I think uh, the characters have different names, though. In the in the two different in the Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome, yeah, I don't remember what they are, but but it's the same. And then he like bleached his hair for the second movie too. <laughs> I mean, same actor, and then the little kid is the little kid the same actor? Were you able to confirm that? No, I don't know. No, I didn't look into it. Jones, you want to look up the little kid in Road Warrior? So Jebediah is flying over with this kid. Apparently, they run a racket of fucking people over with their planes, stealing their shit. Because they kind of just fly real low and knock Max off of his carriage. Yeah. And then he kind of hops down. And I like how easy it was for him to drop out of a plane and slide into the chair. Because he just like slides in easily and the plane's got to be going like 150 miles an hour. Yeah. Like he <laughs> just drops like, him. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's how it works. But that's neither here nor there. Because it worked for him, so no the, complaints. The first thing I wrote down was about the opening credits song and about how 80s action movies have the softest soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, soundtrack is okay. Teen Turner does that song in the beginning and at the end. I think they're all right songs. Fits the time of like know, Like, lyr the movie lyrically, they and... fit the, the movies because obviously she wrote them for the movie. Yeah. But, like, looking back now, it's like, that that's a fucking soft song for Mad Max to be coming yeah. out to. Well, it's PG-13 Mad Max. Especially after, like, Fury Road, where they had the dude with the guitar on the fucking... <laughs> on one of the cars. <laughs> Wild stallions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a <clears throat> yeah, little kid looks to be different. Okay. So it's for sure a different actor. And yeah, his and name the, in the Road Warrior was the Feral Kid. That's what he's credited as. Is that is what Feral just means wild, right? Yeah. yeah. And then feral uh, cat. the pilot was just the gyro captain in Road Warrior, and then they call him Jedediah, the pilot in Beyond Thunderdome. And then the kid is Jedediah Jr., played by Adam Cockburn. <laughs> so we can confirm that they're supposed to be different characters. Yep, which is fine with imagine. me. But I always wondered if that little super kid was confusing. the same. It, it yeah, they're too similar that it makes it 
Very confusing. Like the Man with No Name trilogy, the bad guy in A Fistful of Dollars Just is also it. the bad guy in For a Few Dollars More. But it's different. Yeah, different character. Which threw me the first time I watched those. Because I was like, oh, isn't that the same fucking guy? <laughs> no, no, it's supposed to be somebody else. And then the second one, For a Few Dollars More, the guy that teams, the bounty hunter that teams up with Clint, he's the bad guy in the third one. The good, bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. So he plays two different characters. Yeah. So there's two different people playing. Well, one's playing two bad guys. One's playing one good guy, one bad guy. So we got that figured out for you. Yep. <laughs> but you just said you just watched that the other day? Uh, Fistful of Dollars. Oh, yeah? What was it on? Uh, we bought the, the trilogy back on Blu-ray a year ago. Oh, I yeah. haven't gotten to it. Sam's maybe seen them once when she was younger, so... Oh, yeah, what'd she so think we, of it? we started with Fistful of Dollars, which is under two hours. And I go, it just it literally jumps an hour <laughs> from here, each film. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck, I love Fistful of Dollars. I love yeah. that trilogy. Uh, she's a big Western fan, so she liked oh, it. I don't know if she liked Westerns that much. I thought it was kind of cool that they called him the man with no name in here. I forget at what point they call Mel. Oh, no, no. When he was fighting... Uh, Master Blaster. That's how they... In the Thunderdome. Right. That's how they introduce them. Master Blaster. Man with no name. Man with no name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of cool. He only says Max once the whole movie. Yeah. Me Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me Master. <laughs> You'd think somebody smart would talk better <laughs> English. <laughs> yeah. He has some terrible broken English. <laughs> so he just pretty much just walks to Barter Town. After his shit stolen by Jebediah. Foreshadowing his boots uh, that just happens to pick up, have a dog whistle, or some kind of whistle in them. Mm. Foreshadowing. <laughs> and then, uh, so he gets up basically to the, past the gate. And pretty much the first thing you get to is some sort of, what, what would you call that guy with the glasses? Do you want to talk about the guy who offered him some water and then he's got his little Geiger counter thing? He says, oh, what's a little fallout, huh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. It, once he's inside, there's a... Was like he the, delegates the bartering. He's like the barterer? Yeah. Like mediator? Yeah. He's the shit. barterer of barter town. Yeah. He's like the, the pawn star. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know, if, do you have the clip of them talking to each other? No, not that one. Because he has a great fucking comeback to Mel. Yeah. Because when Mel walks up, the guy, you know, Mel's says, like, I got skills. And he's like, nothing to trade, no business in Barter Town. And Mel says, I got skills, I could trade those. And the Barter goes, sorry, the brothel's closed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the brothel's full. Yeah. So. <laughs> and he grabs him. And uh, his minions step up like they're going to fuck him up. And he just blasts that guy's uh, headdress. With his sawed-off shotgun. Iron yeah. bar, yeah. Which you don't really hear from again. That I mean, guy? he doesn't talk at all the whole movie anyways, but you see him like... He's there quite a bit, actually. When he doesn't talk. I think he gets his well, ass whooped talk, in Ani's, yeah. Ani's palace thing. But at the, the end, uh, in the big chase scene, he's one of the main I suppose. people. But uh, yeah, it's him and... What's the guy's name with the two heads? With the mask head? Iron bar. Iron bar. 
Yeah, Iron Bar is fucking sweet. Play, played by Angry Anderson. So it's Iron Bar. What's the other guy's name? I don't remember. Arrowhead? I don't fucking remember. Is that you just said it? No, I said it's played by <laughs> Angry Anderson. Oh. I think the barterer's name is Dr. Dealgood. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. They needed to say that more. <laughs> so yeah, it's a society built on just trading shit. Just bartering. It reminds me, I went to Vancouver uh, last year, year before, and... The hotel concierge was like, yeah, you can go to this neighborhood called Gastown in Vancouver. And it's like an old part of Vancouver, but it's like maintained shops. He goes, but if he goes, if you pass Gastown, uh, you'll hit a street. And I think it's called Stevens Street. I'm not sure. Stevens Ave. He goes, do not go past Stevens Ave. And he goes, you will know why when you see it. And it is fucking tent cities. For homeless people, because Vancouver has a terrible homeless problem, where people are literally in vacant lots, tenting all over the place. So me and Sam were walking around, and we went to Gastown, and then we went to a shop we were trying to find, and we ran into Stevens Ave, <clears throat> and the fucking block is basically a giant swap meet with just homeless people and fucking drug addicts and stuff like that. <laughs> it, 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 when I was watching this movie, I go... Fucking barter town reminds me of that swap meet. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. Damn. Yeah, so avoid that area <laughs> of Vancouver. That tree got me makes even more sense now. Straight out of Vancouver. Straight out of Vancouver. <laughs> Straight out of Gastown, homie. Stevens Ave. What? I think it's Stevens Ave. I might be wrong. It's something with an S though. Near Gastown. Samsonite. <laughs> All right, um, so he shows off his skill, and uh, Dr. Dealgood apparently <laughs> is impressed. He goes, maybe it's something to trade after all. I'll keep talking. So he introduces him to the matriarch of the town. He's going to drop his weapons off. Oh, I got Oh, my God. God, I love that part. He it's, like pulls a out fucking, like... it's like a Looney Tunes. He's got, <laughs> he's got about 20 guns on him of various sizes. Just like... There's no way you could carry that many guns, could you? I mean, and conceal them all. The yeah. last thing he pulled out looked like a combination, like battle axe crossbow. <laughs> yeah, that thing was pretty sweet looking. So yeah, he takes and out you all never his... see him again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he turns in all his weapons to go meet Auntie, and she lives up in this a flat above Thunderdome, basically. Yeah. It looks like the most unsafe thing ever, especially if there's sandstorms on the regular there. Yeah. I saw when I watched it again, there was a steel cable. It looks like attached to like the top. But like, that's it. And there's like no foundation. It's just one pole in the center that goes down. Yeah. Like sandstorm comes up. That thing's blown over. It's It was very poorly designed. <laughs> hmm. But yeah. she got a sweet elevator system and like zip lines and shit. She go off throughout the whole town from there. A lot of mosquito nets. Yeah. How about that half naked dude playing the fucking saxophone? When they <laughs> right. walk in. That was I like actually, a David. There, I was like David Lynch directs him. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that seems like a David Lynch. Scene. <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, oh, they're just that's just that's just music in the There's movie. Just a naked dude. And then it cuts and it goes, oh no, that guy's playing the fucking music. <laughs> half naked in an empty room. Then he turns his head and he's got no eyes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I saw that that's actually a reference to the first Mad Max. Because it's his wife, I believe, that plays saxophone. Okay. And I think it's the same tune or at least a similar one, something like that. Well, they're both playing saxophone, so it's similar enough. Yeah. They all sound the same. But yeah, I think that's supposed to be a little little throwback. Saxophone was popular in 80s rock music. <laughs> and in The Simpsons. Fucking Lisa used to just dig in. Me want to play the saxophone. Doesn't that show off the area? Did they cancel that? Simpsons? Yet? Oh, no. over six hundred episodes strong. Killing. I thought like two years ago I saw a whole bunch of articles about how it was going to be the last season and it just won't go away. Well, there was a thing where Harry Shear was in a contract dispute. Like he's like, I'm not coming back, and Harry Shear does like a third of the voices. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like, ah, oh, it's not going to be the same without him. But it was basically, you know, just kind of a bargaining ploy because he was back on contract like a week later. So, anyways, back to Barter Town. Uh, they also have a thing called Underworld, which powers the town off of pig shit, pig yeah. farts. <laughs> Not farts. Sharts. <laughs> Anything after that. Yeah, because Barter Town says right on the sign, it's building a better tomorrow. With pig farts. Yeah. <laughs> pig shit. So we're going to get a little explanation here in clip explaining Underworld. I call it Underworld. It's where Buttertown gets its energy. What, oil, natural gas? Pigs. You mean pigs like those? That's right. Bullshit. Pig shit. What? Pig shit. The lights, the motors, the vehicles, all run by a high-powered gas called methane. Methane comes from pig shit. Have a look. Tell me what you see. I see a big guy giving a little guy a piggyback. Master Blaster. They're a unit. They even share the same name. The little one is called Master. He's the brains. He runs Underworld. The other one is Blaster. He's the muscle. Together, they can be very powerful. And they are also arrogant. We want to keep the brain, dump the body. He's big. How good is he? He can beat most men with his breath. I want to get a closer look at him. How do I get in there? It's a factory, isn't it? Ask for what? I don't know anything about methane. You can shovel shit, can't you? How do I get in there? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking eager to get in that picture. Work his way in. <laughs> like how they say they share a name and then they explain how they have different names. <laughs> 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 they even share a name. That one's Master and that one's Blaster. Mel goes, wait, you just said they share a name. <laughs> That's Master Blaster. What? You just said he's one person. And now, you're, now, now I'm completely lost. <laughs> Yes, we're introduced to Master, who's a little man, little person, who has an apparatus that's like a like a high chair that sits on top of Blaster, who always has a metal mask and kind of light armor, like chainmail type stuff. Mm-hmm. Little yeah. brute, like Dark Ages type shit. And he's the muscle, and he just does whatever Master tells him. But they make quite the formidable team. Because you see, one of them is really smart. Right. But very weak physically. Right. And the other one. It's Blaster. 
<laughs> I got Jim following. The other one is very strong, like bull. Master. But, <laughs> like but a bowling sharp. ball if you roll them up. <laughs> you guys starting to get it? So, But it's two people, though. <laughs> Are they connected? Or does kind he just of. sit on a chair? But they share a name. One of them is Master and one of them is Master. <laughs> so... Mel, he gets a job shoveling shit for a little while because he wants a little closer look, a little recon, stake out the competition. Now, explain to me how. So he just interviews with Master and Blaster to go shovel shit. How does he just slide in down there? Well, the thing is, he already. I know. I know it's a different system of bosses from Underworld <laughs> to Entity, but he went through an audition right after they explained that shit to him. They basically attack him. Or is it yeah, right I, before that yeah. they attack him, and he fights the off only four or five one. of them? He's the only one to survive. Yeah, the is, addition. Well, is he the only one not forced into slavery down there? Or is Master Blaster in the assumption he's now our slave? Couldn't tell, because yeah, Pig yeah. Killer is chained up. So he's yep. a slave, and he says because he killed a pig, he's down there for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mel isn't hooked up to anything. You know what I mean? Can you yeah. voluntarily go shovel shit? Well, they must pay. What's the corporate structure of Underworld? <laughs> health insurance? Does they have health insurance? I would hope so. All that 401k? methane, right? <laughs> and I like how they act like methane, such like a exotic like gas or something. It's something you've never heard of. It's, it's called a, methane. A high-powered gas called methane. It's like you just. Say methane, people know it's a fucking. No, because I get it. Methane, it was around before the world went to shit. Did you not know about this? He goes, you guys didn't know about methane. Cow farts. That's why greenhouse gases. I like, I like how the guy talks all like old Englishy. Like it cometh from pig shit. Yeah. And Mel goes, I can see your nipple. It's like, dude, we don't need to be very fucking horrible. What what century did you come from? Because. This is supposed to be the future, and we were talking normal before, you know, like 20 years ago. <laughs> How did we like go back to being so refined and, and shit like that? Yeah, that's half the reason I love the first half of this movie so much. Thunderdome, it's the best part of the movie. I think it's, guys, hands down, put your hands down. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hands up. <laughs> Don't Hands shoot. down, it's, it's easily the best part. The first half is obviously the best half for me and and for both of you. I like the last. Listeners, I, like uh, the last. I just like the train ride. At the end. <laughs> yeah, I like the last quarter. You could eliminate the kids completely from this story. <laughs> They're just a plot device to get back to Barter Town. Yeah. I wish they would have got on that fucking plane earlier and just like took off and then Mel just went back and did his thing. <laughs> he should have left them on the plane that was wrecked. <laughs> he to goes sit. it works i'll do some magic just get on they're they're sitting on top of it waiting for it to, to take off fucking and mel goes i'm gonna go back to bed <laughs> i can't I, deal with this i can make the plane work i ain't been slack i can do it <laughs> i'm gonna go get my tools I'll be back. <laughs> let me uh, borrow all your water because i need, <laughs> need all the water and food and then i'll be back Keep spinning that record. Somebody will call you in a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I love the world building that they do because 
Some people think it's ridiculous. Like, oh, they can't power a little shit town with pig shit. It's like, well, I can kind of see where the science lines up. Like, I can... The equipment that they use is probably largely inaccurate. But the idea of it, at least, is possible. It's good enough. They got an awful lot of pigs there. Inflammable gas. You can do a lot of stuff, but you can burn gas. Yeah. Natural gas. Not much different. You can get shit powered up. Yeah. If they were like, we have an underworld where it's just grapes and the grapes fuel the city i would go that doesn't make any sense everyone's just stomping grapes down there (laughs) and they just skip over the science the methane yeah it's close enough people get hung up on that why are you watching mad max (laughs) (laughs) they're keeping it green because apparently there's pretty much no gas left yeah well i mean there's some there's gotta be some because on entities cars have gas yeah they listen's run off of methane yeah, think they equipped know. it to run off a of pig shit? I don't know why they had so many cars in the first place, actually. And then Thunderdome is just like one of the greatest inventions in cinema history. It's just a big jungle gym. <laughs> <laughs> had those on, you have those on every playground. It's like a cage match in WWE. They actually and American uh, Glad didn't American Gladiator have those like bungee cords you jump out? And, that's like, what I was something? saying. Yep. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. trying to. Th- yeah. I think I think you had to like grab. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe you had to like jump down and then jump up and grab something and bring yeah, it back. Yeah, because to your then the other corner. gladiators are trying to stop here or yep. whatever the hell was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They also did it on uh, guts. So maybe they have glad- to dunk a bas- basketball. Remember uh-huh. they had to put like balls in. There's like three different hoops or like levels you had to put a ball through. Oh yeah, that's right. I look up Gladiator. Gladiators didn't kick off till '89. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't copying shit. Yeah. But jungle gyms have been around. <laughs> <laughs> those things, like those type of jungle gyms, you don't see those around anymore because they just are probably afraid of kids falling in the middle. Yeah, I think like they're crawling up to the top. I and think it was a safety down. hazard. Yeah, I guess you don't you don't see them around. Or kids getting yeah. stuck in between the the bars and tearing their shoulders out. Dumb kids or stupid kids ruining it for everyone. Or grown people trying to go in and getting stuck. <laughs> uh, so Mel, Mel's shoveling shit in his car that was stolen and then bartered off is down there as well, and they're trying to re-equip it, strip it, maybe get whatever they can from it, rework it, do whatever. Um, and they find twelve sticks of dynamite underneath. Twelve pounds. 12 pounds. It was 12 pounds of dynamite. Those 12 sticks, because there's three bricks of like four sticks. And they all weigh. How did that guy they all weigh, weigh a pound, then, I guess? Was no, because Mel said it was, or uh, Max said it was 12 pounds. When? I got the clip right here. About I don't know. Yeah, I, watched, <laughs> I watched it a week and a half ago, and I wrote down 12 pounds. Yeah. What well, do we think it is? What's your money? <laughs> What's your, we're about to find out. Are you sticking with 12 pounds? That's what I wrote down. So it You're must going be, with sticks. Must be right. <laughs> I think it is 12 sticks. So could, we could both be right, <laughs> technically. But yeah, let's. Uh, this is when Mel meets Master Blaster. Think what to do. Yeah. Uh, now, the dynamite's connected to the uh, timing device, which is uh, connected to the switch, which I can't find, uh, which is connected to the uh, battery. I'll disconnect the battery. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You would? Who are you? Me, Max. You smart. That's my vehicle. Disarm! How much? 
no trade. Do. Fetch. Me order. Me master. Me run barter town. Sure, that's why you're living, shit. That's it. Energy. Call it what you like, still smells like shit to me. Not shit! Energy! No energy, no town! Be King Arab! Sure, be a fairy princess. There is didn't answer that, anything. There is all that, uh, absolutely nothing, because you started the clip too late. Oh, okay. I didn't start it, that was, that was the clip. I didn't start it too late. You so we'll never know. Recorded, maybe, too late. Recorded. Recorded. You cut it out. Because it was right before that. Because then he was telling him what was happening with the... Yeah, very well. It could have been 12 pounds, but it was also 12 sticks. Because there was three bricks. Each one had like four on it. I didn't count it. I just uh, I just wrote down what they said. You, you turned on the subtitles and you're like, I get this right. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> Is All that right. how you do it? Uh... <laughs> Watch everything with subtitles. Just kidding. Um, I love reading subtitles on English movies. <laughs> Foreign movies, not so much, but English movies, yes. When I was younger and I watched Men in Black, when they were talking in the alien language, I turned on the subtitles going, will it tell me what they're talking about? <laughs> it didn't. Does it just have uh, it just parentheses says like alien, gibberish or something? Alien language. Or the fuck? <laughs> I was like, bullshit movie. <laughs> yeah. he, after, right after that. Why does Master, I, I still don't know why he talks like he's mentally challenged. And the, he's the, the smartest more I guy in town. I'm thinking it's because it's, at least in his eyes, it's a more efficient way of speaking. Because it takes less time to get his point across. Instead of saying, I am the master, me master. It's quicker. He's probably just trying to be efficient. I, I don't know. If, if that's his reasoning, I lost respect for him. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good reason. I just get, that's the only one I can think of. I don't like that reason. It doesn't, doesn't work for me. <laughs> I agree with Brett. I don't think he's as smart as everybody says he is. People, I think, in Bartertown just put different people, emphasize a need to retain a really strong language, and others just don't give a shit. Like the one guy fucking up in Tina Turner's office, cometh. And you got me, master. <laughs> I want to see those guys talk to each other. <laughs> Speak loud. <laughs> and then you got the uh, the showman who introduces Thunderdome. He's pretty theatrical. He's he has, you know, he speaks well. Mm-hmm. He yeah. speaks language good. <laughs> I actually think he's Doctor Dealgood. It was tough to tell in the credits, so he might be Doctor Dealgood. <laughs> Wonder how they came up Open with that question. name, Dealgood, Doctor Dealgood. I mean, that's real original. <laughs> Doesn't sound like anything else that I've that heard. That's kind of bothering me. You should really figure out who Doctor Dealgood is. All right, makes you feel yep. all right. He's Doctor Dealgood, the showman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then who? What's the chubby monocle? I think he might be Blackfinger. Is, is he the collector? I think it's the collector. It's right after Max deactivates the explosive. Um, there was a car alarm on his car that activated, and the noise was very loud, and Blaster was visibly kind of disturbed by it. He's going nuts. Yeah, he's a collector. 
collector, huh? I assume, right. I assume Blackfinger was the guy with black fingers. <laughs> I don't remember which one that one was. Black so. feet. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, Blackfinger was wearing blackface through the whole movie. Oh, yeah. No. No, I just made that up. <laughs> uh, so. It would have been acceptable in 85, though. I know, window. 85? When did Soul Man come out? Soul Man. <laughs> Fuck Soul Man. I haven't seen that movie, but it's about a guy who uh, puts on blackface so he can get a scholarship to go oh, to college. I thought, wasn't that wasn't that more like a documentary? Like no, a, I think it was a teen comedy. Teen comedy? You're thinking of uh, Black Like Me. Oh, okay. Alright, regardless. Uh, so, we find out that a loud noise disturbs Blaster. So after the car alarm, Mel tries that whistle he has. Same thing happens. Blaster starts going nuts. Master was thrown. Let's <laughs> get picked back up, put it back on his chariot. And then Master Blaster, or specifically Master, is trying to show Mr. Gibson how much power he holds in Barter Town. So he tells everyone to quit working. An embargo. And here's a clip. Four, three, two. For God's sake, what now? Who run Barter Town? Damn it. I told you no more embargoes. More blaster. <laughs> Who run Barter Town? You know who. Say. Master Blaster. Say loud. Master Blaster. Master Blaster, what? Master Blaster runs Bartertown. Louder. Master Blaster runs Bartertown. Lift embargo. So yeah, they have a really cool system of uh, like almost like a camera system. It's all like telescopes and periscopes. Down. Yeah, it's and, an upside down mm-hmm. periscope. And it kind of goes throughout the whole. It goes down to underworld. It looks like it shows other places in the town that Auntie can watch from her lair in the sky. Mm-hmm. Get, and then get pig shit thrown at it. They have a whole like intercom system that they speak through throughout the whole town. Which is pretty baller. You got intercom, you got cameras. Pretty sophisticated. Pig shit. Dr. Dealgood. <laughs> and Thunderdome. I do so, want to call out that Dr. Dealgood has to be based off of Dr. Feelgood. Not Motley Crue song, though. The Motley Crue song didn't come out till late 80s. 89, something like that. So what was that Dr. So there's Feelgood a rock, reference to? There's a there's like an older rock band that was called Dr. Feelgood, but oh, okay. I don't know if it's based off of that or if it was just nomenclature for like, I don't know, drugs or some shit like that, Dr. Feelgood. But I initially, when I heard Dr. Dealgood, when I saw it earlier, I was like, oh, it's a Motley Crue song. <laughs> uh, but it's not. 
<laughs> That's all I had to say about that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Wish I had that button. <laughs> so let's let's move on then. Right? <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. So then he asks, "How do I get in a fight with him? Get in Thunderdome? How does all this shit work?" Well, here's a clip for that. Okay, you said a fair fight. What do you mean by that? As provided by the law. Thunderdome. Two men, hand to hand. No jury, no appeal, no parole. Two men enter, one man leaves. Weapons? Anything is possible. Chance decides. Thunderdome. How do I get in there? That's easy. Pick a fight. Pretty simple. Two men enter, one man leaves. Anything goes. It's almost like the simplicity of it might just attract me to it the most. Two men enter, one man leave. It seems like, I mean, it's... It's catchy. It's which, good marketing. <laughs> I mean, everything in this movie is catchy because everyone just repeats shit in phrases. Right. Two men enter, one man leave. They love to chant once they get in there, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone loves to chant as sayings, you know, break the deal, uh, face the wheel, or bust the deal, face the wheel. But yeah, it's so simple. Just two guys sell our differences in the ring. Because I, I mean, they, they blame it on the apocalyptic war that happened. The, as the kids would say, the waiting kids, the, the, right. <laughs> and then, uh, well, it's so like to they, avoid future wars. They yeah. just want disagreements between men to be handled individually instead of arena cut off from everyone else. Although there's gotta be like three people die during that Thunderdome match. People getting like gored and speared by like, <laughs> like the knives and shit. Th- flying That's through what there. you get for hanging on the cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta get a good seat. <laughs> they, didn't exactly way to watch. Have, they didn't exactly have bleachers set up <laughs> yeah that was one thing that was lacking although i do like the idea of people just climbing on it yeah it was like you want to get right in on the action but you might get you know run through you know this this is all parodied in california love music video tupac Shakur. yeah that it Dre. is uh pretty sure that's escape from la do they have something similar in the video, yeah. they have the dome type thing, mm-hmm. and they're you know they're wrapping on while they're climbing on it and shit. Yeah, it's I get the I think that they incorporate Escape from L.A. with the dune buggies or some shit. I've never seen Escape from L.A. though. Because Escape from L.A. I think was '96, and that was when California Love came out, right? No, the video Summer for 96. California Love is based on the Mad Max movies. Okay, I haven't watched it in a while. I just remember him and Dr. Dre in like leather jackets and shit. One of them has an eye patch. Well, yeah, Dr. Dre yeah. has an eye patch. Yeah, it's out in the desert, and they're, they got their dune buggies or whatnot, and the Thunderdome's there. I can dig it. Can you? Can dig it? you dig it, Brett? You, you gotta say it one more time. And then I'll... <laughs> <laughs> can, can you dig, dig it? it? I think it's like an OCD thing with Brett, because if you say it once, you gotta say it three times. Because I said it. And then you said it. He's like, you got to say it one more time. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't have. Should have let it lingered. <laughs> if you have to. 
Let me find that song. <laughs> real, real quick, cranberries. Uh, so he picks a fight, which is pretty easy. You just talk shit to him in front of his car, because Blaster has Masters seated on his lap, and they're just like parading through the little village, yeah. drinking, celebrating, just basically like, yeah, we got energy, woo, because that's all they got to celebrate in that fucking town. <laughs> It's not like there's any sports teams that are like, yeah, we beat Fillertown next next town over. Beat them in softball. They got nothing to cheer for. I don't think there were sports. Period. Yeah, I'm sure. You sound far away. I sound far away? Or what does about he now? sound fine to you? Maybe I was just far away for a second. Uh, yeah, Maybe I was up sound, here? Yeah, you sound fine there. It's for a second, it sound, you sounded like he did before. I need to slouch into it. <laughs> <laughs> Just get up right up Just in it. Get up in it. <laughs> like an ice cream cone. Lick it. Flick it. <laughs> flick it. I don't know what you're into, dude. Right? <laughs> How do you flick an ice cream cone? <laughs> like you flick anything else. Some like, for the birds. When you flick it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's for the birds. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> apparently, according to Master, Blaster's already killed 20 men. I thought, one, I thought it was one person, one name. <laughs> one person, one name. They even share a name. <laughs> Master Blaster. They do everything together. Say loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to isolate that and say that whenever I can't hear Brett say something, say loud. If you think about it, those guys actually fucked the entire Thunderdome rolls up because one man enter, two men enter, one man leaves. And those two just, Master and Blaster got off to the side one day and went, what if we just act like we're one person now? <laughs> and then we can always be two people who enter. And then, so of course they fucking win every time. But Master gets put off to the side and Blaster is the only one that goes in. Yeah, Master doesn't oh, go in Thunderdome. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, but they kill him in the end, anyways. Otherwise, it'd be like that scene. Is that? But is that the why way. they? Is that why they want Master dead at the end too? Remember, no, they everybody want him was. Back. Everybody was. I thought everybody was pissed at the end because Mel wasn't going to kill fucking Sloth, and then, and then he starts, and then somebody kills him anyways, yeah. and then they. Yeah. I thought everybody got pissed because they wanted Master dead too. No, they wanted to. No. Remember, because in the Might clip be we heard, because um, they, they needed... wanted to ditch. The muscle keep the brain. Because right. they needed master because uh, he was the only one that knew how to run the methane never mind, yep, stuff. Yep. So they were just mad that Mel didn't want to kill a mentally challenged person. I had brain methane. Brain methane. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Breathing in all day. Um, so Thunderdome fight. We have the large jungle gym that is full of axes, swords, spears, chainsaws. Bungee cord system bungee cord system which is <laughs> yeah. did not make a whole lot of sense like the way it worked because when they started off they're both on opposite ends and they get released and they start you know just going nuts yeah and then like they're battling each other in the air just kind of jockeying for position and then all of a sudden they just kind of lower to the ground and all of a sudden they're on the ground and they can run around wherever the hell they want but anytime they even do like a step into the air they just get launched so like the tension didn't make sense to me at all. Tension in like the rubber, probably the elastic, just, probably yeah. just editing, I guess. But it was like I was like, how are they even going to get down to the ground? Because the first 
30 seconds they're just spinning around yeah i I think it's to brett's point before that the whole point of launching them is well maybe they'll just kill themselves by running into something jagged yeah i see that but i mean to be able to walk around on the ground while you're still in the harness didn't make a whole lot of sense i think uh the the makers of the movie thought that the uh uh, the elastic whatever's would be a lot cooler than they ended up being i still think it's pretty cool well, at least at the this beginning, because like, at can... the beginning they just, you know, like you said, they just like ran into each other and started spinning around, and nothing really happened. And then I think they're like, "Oh fuck it, we need, just need a movie magic this shit." And... <laughs> it also could be that there's like a pulley system at the top because they have to rotate, otherwise they just get tangled. He couldn't do shit. Yeah, and uh, there could be other people running that, kind of giving them slack, whatnot. I don't know. If they wanted to run around more. I'm just saying that's possible for through stupid movie well, magic. How long after they were on the ground running around and all of a sudden the shit just get cut? Right? It was a while because yeah. they go back okay. in the air because he goes and gets the chainsaw. Blaster gets the um, spear. Yeah, for and then they're back down on the ground again. Yeah, I think it's movie magic. Well, the chainsaw was a piece of shit. Why, why did he grab the chainsaw? It didn't even work. I was so pumped the first time I watched this. I was like, oh, fuck, a chainsaw fight. (laughs) You only see these in the 80s. (laughs) This is, it was still pretty cool, but this was technically the the worst chainsaw fight of the 80s. Well, it wasn't even a chainsaw fight. It doesn't even happen. Yeah. (laughs) He gets you all excited. Just a tease. All antsy or pantsy, and then it fucking runs out of gas. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the the fight was... uh, Blaster started punching him, and the crowd just started counting along every time he punched him. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys aren't watching WWF. (laughs) God, I miss that shit. (laughs) What do you miss most from 25 years ago? (laughs) The wrestling. Fucking love the wrestling, dude. (laughs) It's like, I know a lot of those guys stole stuff from the Road Warrior, but, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious where you got that counting along with the punches (laughs) shit. In 85? Oh, yeah. Hulkamania was running wild. <laughs> yeah. Was that I'm before he got kicked out? American. Because didn't he get kicked out around Rocky 3? 85 was when he won the title. So he was back in in 85. Actually, uh... Because Rocky 3 was about 85 was when WrestleMania 1 happened, so... Okay. He would have been a year in with the title at that point. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right brother <laughs> tell, us about pa- tell us about pasta mania involved america <laughs> <laughs> check out our jingle all the way episode pasta mania was a was a restaurant at the mall of america that hulk hogan owned but how am i supposed to get that because really you lived because you lived in minnesota didn't you because <laughs> of the mania because the mania part <laughs> If they were playing his intro every time I walked in, I would absolutely go every day. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was on the third floor by the log flume where it came out. I think That's it's... where Bubba Gump is right now. Bubba Gump took over. It was McDonald's a few years back. Because yeah, the Bubba Gump, they have the Force Gump suit and like uh, bench. The I thought bench. I thought Bubba Gump was on the fourth floor. No, it's on the third. I don't know. I haven't been there. Trust in a long me, time. I walk past it frequently to go to Best Buy. Because <laughs> where I enter, where, just... where one man enters, 
Why don't you just go in the door that's right by Best Buy? Because they have to drive around the whole, like, you can't have to park around to, like, a parking structure on the opposite side. And plus, there's (laughs) there's other stores in the Mall of America besides Best Buy. So you'd rather walk past, you know, from the opposite side instead of just parking there? Barnes & Noble is on the opposite side. So either way, I'm parking by one of them. Okay. Hit that button. (laughs) <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Back to Thunderdome. So yeah, Chainsaw Fight's a little underwhelming. It's no Motel Hell. It's no Texas Chainsaw 2. But after, seems like forever, because Blasters have beaten the fuck out of him up and down. Apparently not long enough for Jones because he wanted another fucking scene of them. <laughs> I didn't think it lasted long enough, personally. Yeah, I did love the fight. I thought it was maybe, like ten minutes, wasn't it? No, it's no, like five or maybe Come even on. under five. Not enough. And like we said, they're kind of bouncing around for the first little bit. Yeah. I was like, nah, I want to see some. Like to your point, bust out the fucking chainsaw. Let's see a little blood. Well, half of it is him trying to get the whistle off the ground, while the blaster throws him uh, across the the Thunderdome. And I was cool with the length. If they at least were going to have another fight at the end. Yeah, I thought length was fine, but yeah, yeah it could have used another Thunderdome showdown. I feel like it, the movie needed to end in the Thunderdome. Well, who's but it's somehow? going beyond Thunderdome. So it's like, forget Thunderdome. <laughs> right? We're going beyond. We're going on trains. <laughs> we're going to the fucking middle of the desert where shit's happening with the kids. <laughs> I haven't done that in this trilogy. <laughs> so he finally, he cuts them down off. They're both off the bungees by the end blows the whistle knocks his head around with that big hammer a couple of times knocks his helmet off to which reveals to the audience that blaster is mentally challenged he looks like he has down syndrome or some sort of similar (laughs) disability he's got something you can tell visually that he's uh, he's not fully developed and then master he looks like sloth from the goonies well, That's there, what he reminds me. There was yeah. a there was a theory that he's a, actually a character from the first movie mm-hmm. that Max runs into. Name's like Benno, Benno, B E N N O. Yeah, who was the simple? He was like I think the farmhand, yeah, the simple-minded farmhand guy on the farm, <laughs> simple yeah. Jack. And they <laughs> and they look similar. I mean, it could be. He got a good, good, good brain. <laughs> I think you got a super brain, Jack. <laughs> so max has uh his mercy on him yeah he doesn't want to kill him and it's but either it's either because knows. he's mentally challenged or it's it's that benno guy and he already knows him and he's a friend yeah either way he doesn't want to kill and him. then master runs in and uh this brings up Mulder's theory about their relationship <laughs> puts well, his hand in his uh, pants <laughs> So yeah, everyone's ch- chanting, you know, two men enter, one man leave. Apparently Master well, you know jerks them off. <laughs> <laughs> one last time. <laughs> Me Do again. You, <laughs> you come now. You come my hand. Stroke faster. And then when he finishes, he climaxes, he goes, Embargo. <laughs> and they go, what? That doesn't make any sense, Master. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about what the relationship is like between the master and his blaster. 
I feel like when they fight, Master puts a lot of embargoes on <laughs> pants stuff. <laughs> and he counts down to four, three. <laughs> Or as he needs to count down when he climaxes. <laughs> <laughs> he gets them really close oh, and then he God. just fucks with them. He goes, four, three, embargo. And he just stops. <laughs> and then Blaster's like, oh. That's why he's angry all the time. He's just built up. <laughs> no, he's, he's holding up. He's like, what are you waiting for? Edging. <laughs> Me, Edge, you. I don't even know. Ah. <laughs> It was a good. It was a good setup. Hit mediocre. <laughs> mediocre. Because <laughs> yeah, I know it's not a popular theory, and I even say I really believe it because there isn't all that much evidence. But it's a little creepy the relationship between Master and Blaster. When he first gets into the Thunderdome, you know he can't kill him. He has the mind of a child, and he kneels down. And he kisses him on his head, which is fine. Nothing. He just kisses him on, like, the forehead or something. You know, nothing gay there. But he puts his, like, right hand on his head, and then his left hand goes down a little south. It doesn't go on his crotch, but it goes, like, underbelly. And he goes pretty low. I personally don't understand not killing him. Because even though he has a mind of a child, <laughs> he is beating the fuck out of people. Right? <laughs> Just put him down. Plus, Mel's basically Tell me getting, about the wabbits. He's getting Let's paid see. for this, isn't he? He's getting all his stuff back. Yeah, he's supposed to get all his stuff back. But to people who would say, well, no, he's not. He wouldn't sexually abuse Blaster, a man with you know, with a mental disability. He said it himself. This, you can't hurt him. He's, he has the mind of a child. It's like, well, you've been using him as your fucking slave since... Master Blaster's existence. You've been riding him around all day, every fucking day, mm. telling him what to do. He was your slave. I mean, I'm sure he shared in the spoils, but what kind of spoils can a mentally challenged person share in? Coloring books. <laughs> books. <laughs> so I'm sure there was, was bountiful <laughs> in the apocalypse. Well, maybe Blaster was getting picked on, and then Master gave him a confidence boost, and, you know. I mean, he's just literally exploiting him every day maybe not sexually but he's exploiting him in every other way imaginable yeah they're one person yeah <laughs> he's looking out for him but i'm gonna have him go fight to the death with a bunch of people because he knows he's gonna win every yeah. time D- did he know the first time obviously otherwise first he... time he ever fought yeah do you think he's that fucking he would... huge do you think he would <laughs> risk his body if he thought he was gonna lose he has no max yeah, there's no a lot of That's people. That's why Max is number twenty-one. So he's gambling every time he throws him in the ring because he's a simpleton. He thought Max, yeah, but with the strength of an ox, and it's he, also again, like well, uh, well, he didn't know Max had that fucking whistle. Right. Also, the collector, there, it's all all the weapons are received by chance. It's wherever the fuck you pop around in there. Somebody could have gotten a chainsaw or an axe or anything else earlier in the twenty previous fights and chopped him up. Because if that chainsaw would have worked, Blaster would have been down for the count. Wasn't it kind of stupid to grab a chainsaw if it's a gas-powered chainsaw and gas is fucking non-existent? In hindsight. So it's like, why would you grab it and then go, bet you this fucker starts? (laughs) This is where some of the gas has been sitting the whole time in this chainsaw that's used for fights. I'm sure they got to refuel it. 
You know, because they... Why would they refuel that? Yeah, I know. They have enough... Well, there I'm aren't sure any trees out there. Right. What, are you, what are you using the chainsaw for? But, I mean, they're putting them in those fucking cars that they don't need to drive around anywhere. Because there's nothing around them that they want, apparently. Well, no, don't they don't they take cars out to chase after the train at the end? Yeah. Yeah, but so, what else would they use them for? Uh, nothing. Fucking Sunday joy rides. I don't <laughs> joy know. <laughs> Joyriding. Fucking Sunday gas. drivers. <laughs> Dragon Main. Just drag, loops. Dragon Main. Just going 40 <laughs> on the freeway. So, because of the rules, they got to kill Blaster. So, they kill Blaster. Uh, a couple of guys shoot him with a crossbow. Blaster's dead. Master's crying. And uh, Mel broke the deal. We had a deal. And the law says, bust a deal, face the wheel. Bust a deal and face the wheel. <laughs> bust, bust a deal. deal, face the wheel. Bust a deal. I love how people wheel. just immediately believe her. They're like, they must have had a deal. Let's all chant. <laughs> Nobody knows the fucking deal. Well, <laughs> like, the wheel, she, the wheel. Is she saying that the deal was two men enter, one man leaves, that he's got to fight to the death? That he Or didn't... is she just revealing that she paid him to kill Blaster? Because that's what Master goes, what deal? Yeah. Well, he's got he's to spin the wheel. And there are a number of outcomes on the wheel. Lands on that gulag. The possible Gosh. outcomes. It's like a wheel's for, wheel, uh, wheel of fortune of unpopular things yeah the options are death hard labor acquittal gulag auntie's choice <laughs> spin again forfeit goods underworld amputation or life imprisonment or win five hundred dollars <laughs> yeah no that's not on there <laughs> somebody gone. goes i got five hundred dollars and everyone's like nobody gives a shit they don't buy anything <laughs> This is barter town, not cash town. A <laughs> um, couple of those things sound like they're the fucking same. Hard labor, underworld, same thing. Life imprisonment. It's like, where are they imprisoning people for life if they're not putting them in underworld? They didn't show us a jail. I mean, they could have one, but what's the point if you're not going to work them to death? Well, they probably just got uh, cells in that cave that they're in at the beginning. But it seems like they just want to put everyone and work them to death in Underworld forever. Well, they got jail for life. <laughs> so they can't do that. Auntie's Choice. I like that one. So it's spin again. They just had to put one. It's spin again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. He lands on Gulag, right? Yep. Yeah. Which is just exile. I've never... I don't Which know. Which doesn't make sense because I just looked up Gulag. Isn't Gulag a, a government building in Russia? Well, it's a system of forced labor camps in the Soviet Union. Okay, yeah, get so it didn't get thrown in the gulag. That's kind of like exile. A old, old time phrase. Make sense. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's basically you're exiled. They put they put him on a donkey. Yeah, they right? tied it. They put yeah. a fucking mascot head on him, turned him around on a donkey, and then tied his hands. Basically, put and him they a just cap slapped on him the and fucking horse's ass on his way. and sent him. Yeah. Yeah. Which pretty baller looking scene when they throw that mascot hat on. <laughs> Where did they get that from? Right. They, uh, yeah. Who's bringing that to Barter Town? And you know there's some disappointed people like, ah, we fucking are using it on this. Spent all fucking weekend on that mask. <laughs> we don't have any paper mache left. It's all gone. Like, man, I would have uh, given a camel for that. 
Why do we have to put it on him? And he <laughs> got the camel with him. He yeah. gets the fucking camel. <laughs> he gets all this free shit, and he's being punished. Well, the fucking horse dies, anyways. Eventually, kills over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, uh, which is kind of funny because he doesn't like it's fucking Max, and the way he falls off, the horse is just the horse dies, and then that's how he gets off. Like he doesn't yeah. think to roll off before then, or <laughs> right? Well, you don't want to Christopher Reeve yourself. It's Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking Superman. It was just in the Thunderdome. He's not gonna try and tuck and roll off the fucking horse. <laughs> Superman didn't tuck and roll. And also, the horse is running through sand. At some right. point, that horse is kind of slow. You could tuck and roll. 100 <laughs> yards away from Bird Town. Was it a horse roll. or a camel? I think it was a horse. It was a camel. horse or a donkey. Donkey or something. Yeah, because yeah, I think camels were much more. They're worth a lot more in Barter Town in that area because of their long distance walking ability with their water reserves and the hump. They're cooler to look at. Did you know that, <laughs> Saudi, did you know that Saudi Arabia imports camels from Australia? Ah, really fun fact <laughs> i didn't see that on imdb <laughs> that's just a general knowledge extra research <laughs> general everybody knows those <laughs> so he gets off and he gets discovered by children well they they send a was it the pig killer sends a monkey with a canteen out to, to get max <laughs> Because like the monkey's gonna make it all the way out there, <laughs> and then Max is walking around with the monkey in his in his coat, like in the the front of his coat, and he just passes out and falls right on top of it, <laughs> kills the monkey. Well, he's, he, you would, <laughs> logically he crushed that monkey right. to death, but that monkey survived somehow. I don't know, because he's there later. He's there till the very end. Doesn't the kid have the monkey at the end? Yeah. 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 So the kids find them, and they are the survivors of a plane crash, which apparently all the parents on the plane just fucking left. They just leave the kids. Yep. Is that the storyline that we're all thinking? All the adults left is what I understood it to be. can't remember. I'm sure it was baked into that show they put together. but All I know is uh, Captain, Captain Walker didn't come home. Yeah, because they his, talk about his, his unknown child will never know him. Well, they talk about they're all the the survivors or the people that he's, had luck. He's believed to be messing with a number of men. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What was that in the story? <laughs> oh, are we talking about Tommy or something else? <laughs> Bring up the Tommy reference. Tommy by the Who. Yeah, it was about. Tommy's dad was Captain Walker, and he didn't come home, so his unborn child would never know him. He was thought to be missing by uh, with a number of men. Probably <laughs> never see him again. <laughs> Have you seen Tommy? No, I've never seen. Have Tommy. you heard the album Tommy? Yeah, I, I, I know Tommy and the Who, but I don't. I don't know what that in depth. It's, it's in the uh, it's in the overture. Brett Brett has it. He borrowed it to me. I watched it. It's pretty good. You know, musical. Tina Turner's in it. She's, mm-hmm. the, acid. Connection She's the acid queen in there. Ah. Mm. She puts and there's a walker. Captain Walker. Or Mr. Captain Walker. Mr. Captain Walker, Walker is uh, Tommy's dad. Yeah. He's in the military. He's uh, he's in the war. And he, he's a pilot. And he gets shot down. And uh, they think he's dead. So his mom just finds a new dad for Tommy. <laughs> nice. And then uh, 
Tommy's real dad shows up and things don't go well for him. Yeah, he gets killed immediately <laughs> with like a lamp or something, right? Well, the 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 mom. I, don't need, I guess I don't need to see the movie. No, this is the beginning. His mom and his stepdad kill his real dad in front of him, and that's how he becomes uh, blind, deaf, and dumb. Because they tell him, you didn't see anything, you didn't hear anything, you're not going to tell anybody any- anything. So he just shuts down. <laughs> and then he's blind, deaf, and dumb for like 20 years. Suppressed memories. <laughs> <laughs> and then he becomes Jesus. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, it becomes Jesus. <laughs> So this is a different Captain Walker. <laughs> yeah. Walker. Walkers. Even the kids fucking chant. I mean, they have even more broken English than the master does. Yeah. Because their words, I mean, that one's a little more explainable. They're cut off from society. They make their own society from adolescent kids. Because that timeline is also a little strange. I was trying to figure out, because I... I thought they said it had been like 20 years, but you you said you rewatched it and you, uh, they didn't actually say how long it was. I don't think so. But, I mean, looking at the notes, like IMDb, quote-unquote, like the people that they cast for the kids were between the ages of, I can't remember the low end, but the top end was 16. 16 yeah. was like the oldest kids that they hired. So the kids, like oldest kids are 16. They're like kids that are like three, four or five years old there. Yeah. That's what Maybe even like. younger than that. So that's, what I th- that's what I thought. And they also mentioned they're going to have to tell the stories to the birthed ones. So they know about birth. And yes, it's possible that the older ones maybe were told by their parents before their parents died. But I'm guessing some of the older kids started banging and pushing out new kids. Right. Because I would think they've been pretty young when the, uh, the adults left. Because they, yeah. they seemed like they had been there for a long time. And I think they were all wealthy families. That's why they were on like this plane. Because it was after. Because they said it was like after at least the first. Like the yeah. first nuke. So it was like during the war. Or whatever it was. Whatever the event was. So it seems like it was a bunch of. Kind of like aristocracy. It was just on a plane. A bunch of rich families. So that then, would make uh, you think it was before the road warrior. And if the road warrior was 15 years before. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought I read that it maybe wasn't after the war. It was just after another conflict or something Could like be. that. I thought I'd seen a note where, but I don't think. Because they didn't know what uh, cities were. <clears throat> right. Yeah. They had high scrapers. Skyscraper. When he says skyscrapers, they are fascinated. <laughs> like, oh my skyscrapers. <laughs> and we won't touch as much on the lost children's story because it's probably the I don't know. I mean, I, I like it more and more every time I watch it, like you guys have kind of said. Um you know, like the whole time I'm just like, Can you get back to Martyr Town? Can we just yeah. hang out there? It's kind of a drag. Or it's least... kind of out of place for the whole series of Mad yeah. Max movies. I'm fine with him doing that, but it is a shock that it's, you know, it's PG-13. Um, he could say, well, it looks like they just wanted to sell it to a bigger audience. Is American financed. They're trying to, you know, dumb it down, put put Tina Turner in there and make it PG-13 and make families go see it, make some money. So on that, if you're, if you're thinking that, 
then it's like, yeah, that's artistic integrity kind of goes out the window a little bit. But I do think also George Miller also directed Babe, Picking the City. So and Happy Feet and yeah, and Happy Feet. So <laughs> well. he likes kids movies, and so I can see this. I can see him writing this element in the movie and actually wanted to explore it because I mean, if you think about it, every Mad Max movie, you can't just have one big long car chase the whole fucking time like mm-hmm. Fury Road. I mean, that was awesome, but you can't do every movie like that. So like I like I really enjoyed the world building of Barter Town. It was something different. You didn't really see it in the first two, a little bit in Road Warrior because they have their own little enclave, but that was just one group of people that actually like loved each other. <laughs> it wasn't just a bunch of random people bartering shit, and you know the first one's just kind of at the edge or the beginning of the apocalypse and whatnot. So it's different stages, different storylines. I kind of like that, especially since Max just kind of wanders around. Well, like we like we mentioned earlier too, uh, like that was the original idea for the movie, and then they wrote a Mad Max movie around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like in Fury Road, they do some world building there instead of like methane powering the city. I mean, they don't really need gas as much, but I mean, they have the slaves running shit in Fury Road, but they also have the women. That's a big major theme. They're providing the milk. They're providing a lot of the sustenance for the babies. The the they're, soldiers they're making the babies mm-hmm. yeah making the babies so it's like that's like their resource i mean they're women are slaves in there oh even slaves are blood bags yep yeah, yeah. blood bags another because they're all anemic for some reason kind of post-apocalyptic form of you know resource reallocation mm-hmm. so that's i like that world building where it's different cultures separated by nothingness so a lot of them wouldn't be able to even contact each other because he wouldn't be able to make the trek from one place to the other. But, yeah. So, I mean, I don't mind them, I guess, going in that direction. I didn't mind Lost it. Boys. It was more of the presentation they did. There was the drag with the kids. The, like, I didn't mind that. Like the history lesson? No, like the fucking, like the big show that they put on. And I get maybe they had to do it because the kids need to be entertained super interactive all the kids are making mm-hmm. noises and stuff uh it was that was too long i won't lie <laughs> like it lost my attention when they're telling the story i'm like i guarantee i missed some details <laughs> of what the fuck happened in that plane crash uh but yeah i didn't i don't know what the, i don't know to me it didn't seem like it was forced like it seemed like you know these kids have been waiting for captain walker for however many years if they thought Mel- max was captain walker like they've been preparing forever mm-hmm. to tell him this story and they're all gonna like put on a huge show for him and show him that you know we remember everything that happened you know remember all of us we remember that's a good point mm-hmm. it's actually yeah i can see that then they're more putting on a show for him yeah, because it's because they're trying know, it's to like the greatest day of their lives. Yeah, Captain Walker impressive. showed up. That makes a little more sense. They don't want to be slack, right? They're trying well, to. They, they, they do him, cut you know? his fucking hair while he's out. <laughs> it's like maybe Captain Walker went a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking a kids. So some of the kids, you know, he tells them, "I'm not Captain Walker. I'm not that guy. Uh, there's no cities anymore." Um, tells them that. You know, this is home because you can be able to make anywhere else. Well, he says, like, the only place out there is Barter Town. You don't want to go there. 
Yeah. Just like saying, <laughs> kids go, get ready to go, go to, to Barter fucking Town. Barter Town. <laughs> <laughs> There's a town? They go, this ain't Captain Walker. But we, tells we've never Barter been town. to a town. Right. <laughs> Well, they, they still have the wrecked plane there, too, and I, I thought it was funny. They all just jump on the outside of it, like, come on, Captain Walker, let's go. Like, <laughs> and he goes, even if it was a captain, does that look like it flies? <laughs> well, like, you guys have been on that plane. You don't remember how planes work? You, you fly on the inside. <laughs> that was a pretty cool shot, I'll say, from the back with all the kids on the plane mm-hmm. dug into the sand. Because they had the, the one kid with the, the skull face paint was on the, the back of the tail, wasn't he? He was like the emo version of kids in the apocalypse. Soft by himself, petting his monkey. Well, <laughs> Face paint. Yeah, and that kid... Uh... Jinko jeans. I think he had cut <laughs> He had like it. a picture of himself on the wall. Did you see that? It was like a he picture did, of himself. Yeah. yeah. I was like, do you worship yourself? Well, obviously... He a cut-off pair of Jinko jeans. Obviously, <laughs> right he knew that... Obviously, you knew that, that in Fury Road, half the characters would be him. Yeah, that was, that was another thing. And it's like, I, I started to see more connections between Thunderdome mm-hmm. and Fury Road. Yeah. Like the world building and a few of the, some of the characteristics of the people. But that's face paint on yeah. that kid, right? So he's mm-hmm. actively yeah. putting that shit on him. Fury Road, that's not paint on their bodies, right? They're anemic, you're saying? Right? Well, the one dude like that's their physical. He kept having to to get blood from Max. Well, it's also it gives you it's supposed to give you more energy and more of a rush. And if you're losing blood and get more, there's uh, a lot of uh, I suppose it like need more juice. Yeah. Like gives you more strength. Yeah. Because people even athletes been um, Kobe Bryant did that. They would spin their blood and then they shoot it back in. That was yeah, on because it's supposed to put an extra blood. It. It's supposed to oxidize it. Yeah, that was on Silicon Valley. You guys watch that show? No. Oh, the one guy who's basically, he represents the head of Google. It's, I forget what it's called, Hooli. It's called on the show, but it's supposed to be like the Google. And mm-hmm. that guy sits in his living room and he has a young, super attractive, like 20-year-old dude that he just hooks up blood transfusions to. And he goes, it keeps me young. <laughs> That's what he does. He just fucking gets blood from a dude. <laughs> but yeah, because athletes have been caught doing that and they get, well, usually usually suspended. athletes take their blood their own blood and then they oxidize it and then they shoot it back in yeah and it's supposed to be uh i don't know if it's supposed to cover up your your uh, peds or or what it's supposed to do but but yeah i think tom brady did it like you gotta go to germany to do it because kobe did it tom brady did it i mean i think some of it could be in in fury road some of it could be like anemic but uh, they're also there. You got to be using paint because there's like black stuff, kind of like black sunken eyes, and then the silver chrome gets sprayed onto their face mm-hmm. before yeah. they, you know, kill themselves. But back to Thunderdome, the kids, a couple of the kids don't believe them. They go off by themselves. Apparently to Barter Town. Is that where they're trying to go? Yeah, because yeah. he mentions Barter Town. Yeah, and he, that's well, when he knocks the girl out the first time. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, N- you're not going to Barter Town. She says, fuck yeah. And then he just knocks her out. Yeah, so he, he's already beat up a mentally challenged person. And he hits a woman. <laughs> it's very Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was never convicted of it, but... Mm. <laughs> Listen to our episode on Mel Gibson. No, Woody let's Allen. get controversial part one and two. <laughs> we get all into Woody, Mel, 
Johnny Depp and Mr. Roman Polanski. Yeah. They go in depth to their troubles. Obviously, it hasn't stopped us from watching a lot of those people's movies. Well, it's we, we just well, we don't watch Roman. <laughs> I don't watch Roman Polanski movies or Woody Allen. Well, I don't not watch many Woody Allen movies. I don't watch Woody Allen movies, but it's not because he's a pedophile. <laughs> it's because his movies suck. <laughs> oh come on now! Oh come on every, now! <laughs> every one of his movies is original. There's not one story that's like the other. I, I, he always plays himself. I know. And then he writes himself to to bang some hot chick that would never touch him. That, that was the point. It's everyone, every fucking movie he makes is just him. I think some it's neurotic guy that I just over can't stand Woody woman. Allen. Like personally, I, I can't watch him. <laughs> and it's because he's annoying. He's he's he might as well be on the the Big Bang Theory. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they get captain walker to go and save him and there's like some quicksand that those kids have fallen into and they save all of them except for one apparently yeah one i'm pretty, I'm pretty sure sand. one guy went under and then somebody grabbed him and then they all grabbed it was him. two men went under and then two uh, men enter one man leave yeah. and they <laughs> pulled out the first person that grabbed the, the kid that went under and then the, the first kid stayed under yeah so and then they just left him there they just didn't fucking care just, that dude's done well, I'm not going back in there. I'm not going back in the fucking Sarlacc pit. <laughs> so then they just head on over to Barter Town. He's like, "Hey, we're halfway there. Let's fucking go." <laughs> what was the, what was the reasoning? Why did they need to go to Barter Town? Well, the kids wanted to just see like other people. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to see that there was something else out there. They thought it was a big city, you know, with high scrapers and shit. Yeah. Then they they went back to steal resources and shit right i mean that was the whole point i think that's what convinced mel like well we're almost there so we might as well sneak through the tunnel into underworld and mm-hmm. fucking try to ride that train out that's yeah, the whole point yeah car is like did they had they connected his car to the train was it in like a tram of it was his car attached in any way, or was remember. it just that rig? I thought it was just that rig. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think his car comes with it all. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, by this time, Master is basically a slave himself. He's being forced to work in Underworld, which he was already doing before, but he wasn't doing the hard work. They just throw he's him down. He's really doing it. He's just kind of like... Feed him to the pigs. They throw him down <laughs> in the pig pen, and he's like smaller than all of them. Like, he can't yeah. even see over the top of them. And uh, like how... They're all like bumping into him and shit, and he can't stay, stand up because his legs are kind of crippled. Because Max is like, yeah, we need, we need his help. And the one kid goes like, what the fuck, Captain? What use is he? I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck, Captain? some of those kids just uh they crawl in the tunnel to the underworld without fucking waiting for max to say something you know give them orders of of what to do they just go in and like fuck it well they don't know the concept of hostile territory i guess not they don't know the concept of fucking anything they've been living in an oasis for 15 years they've been slack for 15 years yeah (laughs) telling fucking stories that they're out of school no less you get some friendship in them you get some audiobooks going <laughs> you gotta have that giant uh 
picture frame that they put over the cave drawings. <laughs> so they hook up with, well, Pit Killer's there. <laughs> what? They hook up with Pig Killer. <laughs> they're ready to rip. And then they get Master. And then they're ready to rip on the rails. <laughs> At some point, Iron Bar uh, went into a giant vat of pig shit. Did he not? Yeah, he got kicked yeah, in there. Yeah, he was kicked in there. He had a bad day that at, at the end there. Almost what like that he... kills you. Like you can't get out of. I think I wrote that down. I was like, so you can't. No, he gets out. No, he didn't die. He just was covered in pig. Because shit. I think after they've taken off, he emerges. He starts... The top of his head comes out and he opens his eyes. Because he's there oh, later. So he, he lives. But... He starts jumping from car to car and then he ends up on the train. Yeah. And then they like wily coyote him a couple times when he's on the train. Yeah. Oh, hey, he had one of those uh, those hand crank. Uh, yeah, he's fucking ripping that bad boy. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. When he's coming up and he's got his, he's just like cranking on it. And uh... and I was like, he's catching up to the train. <laughs> <laughs> that seems, even for Mad Max standards, that's mildly ridiculous. <laughs> just him just fucking pumping. <laughs> I'm gaining on him. <laughs> and his, his second head is just like going like full board. It's just all over the place. Yeah, so... Tina Turner, not happy about it. No mercy, she says. Chasing after him because they need they she wants Master back. They kind of blow up Barter Town, don't they? Yeah, a bunch yeah. of shit explodes. Mm-hmm. And clearly Underworld is like a mountain off Barter Town. Because when they tear out of Underworld and drain, the whole fucking hillside explodes. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like it's sunken into or like right. a cave. Yeah. Something like that. So Chase ensues, typical Mad Max mm-hmm. car chase. Pretty sweet. Sweet vehicles, sweet action. Um, just less of. The chases in 1 and 2 are better, I think, than this one. All of them. 1, 2, and 4. Yeah, 1, 2, and 4. Because even, yeah, 4 is solid. I mean, this one's really pretty short, too. I mean, yeah. I know they're not long in the first one, mm-hmm. but they're pretty, pretty fucking brutal and reckless and pretty nuts no this one was still fun because iron bar gets he gets all the bad stuff because he uh he was in a car and he got pushed in front of the train and it exploded and then he shows up covered in ashes you know soot faced like on the cartoons when they, the bomb blows yeah. up in their hands <laughs> that's my main problem <laughs> that's my pretty much only problem it's very movie. cartoony well, yeah. a lot of just looney tunes shit in this it's like the kids and then the cartoony, like the cartoonish nature of the violence, some of it in the action scenes, like there isn't a lot of stakes. Pig Killer gets shot, like through the, is it arrows through the door? I believe. Yeah. Like arrows went through the door. He got it in the, the leg, didn't he? Yeah. And they're like, oh, Pig Killer. I'm like, did you see the last movie? People are fucking getting killed every five seconds. <laughs> like, oh my God, Pig Killer, got, he got shot in the leg. <laughs> With an arrow. So it's like, oh yeah, PG-13. Thanks for that. He still bled out. <laughs> it still wasn't too bad. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, it didn't compare to the other ones, but... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the first half I still think is pretty flawless because you don't notice PG-13. It's pretty violent. I mean, there's not that much blood, but it didn't need to be a lot of blood for what happened. Mm-hmm. See, more... at the end, it was... 
Yeah. I like the car chase, the stunts. It just, I needed more of it. And just the fact that we might as well just get to it. My main problem with the whole movie, the ending is just fucking dumb. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. Somebody explain why, explain to me why Auntie would let well, him go. Let's let's cover up to the end. So, train <laughs> shit happens, and then <laughs> it crashes, and then the fucking one guy, the kid, well, they ran out pops of, up, and then yeah, the they ran out the of plane. track. But then the kids stand there, and he's like, "This is a robbery! This is a robbery!" <laughs> and then he sees all the fucking people. He goes, "Oh God, we're all in trouble!" And then the plane, all the kids fit on that fucking plane was one thing I was thinking. Yeah. Because they yeah. all get on the plane, that small-ass plane. Which we seemed... need to drop some weight, which is just, we just need Max to leave. Right, and it was like, that <laughs> doesn't add up, but whatever, I'll let go. <laughs> I'll allow it. And then they guess. fucking fly off, and the kid's like, oh my god, plane. Yeah, and then Tina Turner rolls up, and... Well, they say that we don't have enough runway to take off, so Max goes and crashes his car into everybody else. Yeah, he ditches his. But, yeah. Tucks uh, and rolls. Yeah. He now talked he can, to roll. Now he can talk he roll. does off of a speeding truck. <laughs> but then it's like, well, do you still not have enough runway? Because they're still in your way. <laughs> they're just disabled now. Yeah, I think. Or were you accounting for the, the distance that they would cover between the, the time you said that and the time you would be? The, maybe that. Know? Maybe the other. Also, maybe Auntie and her men maybe slowed down slightly. Well, regardless once they take off then tina turner just leaves them right she yeah. goes we make a pretty good team that doesn't make any sense <laughs> i know Ma- max goes i've been fighting you since after thunderdome <laughs> we, i just destroyed your town i got rid of the guy that ran your town apparently and i just destroyed several more of your vehicles and I sent a whole bunch of kids to their death because they're not going to land that plane. <laughs> right. Even if they do, Jebediah can't provide for fucking 12 kids. He's going to start off and I'm going to eat them. He'll probably take them to the, the next town along the line and trade them for, you know. Some He's going to swing by Barter Town and go, I got a bunch of kids. <laughs> I know we, we, we skedaddle by you, but I need to sell some of these kids. <laughs> They get they can trade skills. They can get down there in the pigs, whatever you need them to do. You got do. machines that got tiny hands. They get in clean Little machines. hands. Is your brothel full? Pant stuff? <laughs> I don't think a brothel's ever too full. Not include a few kids. Fit a few kids in there. Jesus. It was too full for Max. But, uh... <laughs> so don't get, he literally fucked up everything in her life. Guess we make like, a good huh. team. <laughs> and then fucking leave. Well, she and just left like... him out there to die, though. Well, we but they, I, it, I'm but saying is they aren't. They weren't really ch- that far away from Barter Town. <laughs> he literally sees her pull into Barter Town <laughs> and like walks up to the fucking house. Well, he was going, the and other he's way, like, though. "Well, so I guess I just don't go that way." Or <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, but it's like, why would not? Why would she not kill him? She doesn't have any reason. She's chasing after him. I mean, to get supposedly to get Master back, but wouldn't they just kill everyone else i don't know i don't know but like killing him wouldn't get master black or master back because like he's already gone on the plane like max isn't gonna bring him back but don't you just kill him anyways what were you chasing him for just for master you don't give a fuck about anything he did like you, you should kill him again it didn't really bother me that much this last time watching it but 
Um, they should have again. The it should have ended in the Thunderdome with somebody dying or something. <laughs> I, did, I don't know. Because well, they're like, all right, we're going back to town. I think there's only not allowed. There's only like two Gulag, options. Remember, so stay away. And there's then... only two options that make sense to me. There'd be one that Auntie secretly doesn't want Master back. She somehow figured out pig shit, or there's enough people down there that can kind of run it by themselves. I mean, this is before it's all blown up, or we that we assume is all blown up, but that's a minor possibility. But there isn't really any evidence. Mm-hmm. I think everything she says is the opposite. So I'm like, okay, I guess if she secretly, for some reason, wanted to just run the whole town by herself, and not have to deal with Master, even though she's already made him a slave. So that's why that one doesn't make sense to me at all. The only second option would be that because of the rules of Barter Town, he didn't bust a deal because they didn't have a deal at the end with Master and all that shit. He just fucking took him and left. And if they have a disagreement, you got to go to Thunderdome. So you would think if it would fall under those laws that they live by, apparently, that at the very least he'd have to go back to Thunderdome. Because he'd, he'd have a disagreement with Auntie. Maybe she doesn't have to fight him. Maybe she has somebody fight for her. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she'd be struggling because that chainmail dress that she wears is over, like, 120 pounds, <laughs> yeah. I read. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I was yeah. like, how's Tini Turner? That's that's as much as she weighs. Probably <laughs> maybe more. How is she walking around in that fucking thing? But, yeah, those are only two options I could think of. And neither really makes much sense because the second option, they don't go through with it. Mm-hmm. We'll see you later. So there's just no law and order. Yeah. The whole first half of the movie was about their specific type of law and order. And then it was just like, eh. Well, we're outside the city limits, so technically I don't have jurisdiction right now. <laughs> so I can't make you go to Thunderdome, but I didn't, you I come didn't, back to Buttertown, we're going to be fighting. I didn't think about it that much, so it didn't bother me. Well, I thought about that much because it bothered me so much. I was like, what? It doesn't make sense. Why did, doesn't she kill Max? It's like, out. Well, if they had any other resolution, you'd have to put on another, like, 20, 30 minutes in the movie. (laughs) And it's like it was already an hour and 45 minutes or however long it was. The longest of all the Mad Max movies. And it's like... It's still my only... I still love the movie, but it is my major problem I have with it. Because the kids, you know, I I don't mind or like more and more every time I watch. You know, I don't mind the kids as much. But that ending, I still can't explain it. Because I just figured, you know... Auntie wanted uh, the master, and the master was gone. Killing Max wouldn't bring him back. And, you know, she figured if they just leave him out in the desert, he's going to die anyways. Although they gulagged him and he came back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) But either that or or she didn't want to fuck with him anymore because she's all the stuff he had done. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add before we get into some fun facts here? Nope. Oh, all the all the kids end up in Sydney, having babies, telling stories. Oh, did we? How did we know it was? Did they say Sydney? No, they went by the Opera House. Okay, yeah, because that's right. I didn't. I didn't mention that. That Jebediah flies into an old, you know, where there used to be. Well, there's still technically a skyscrapers, but they're all burned out and yeah, crumbling. So uh, some of the fun facts. That we haven't mentioned yet. Max's eyes are different. Did you catch this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? The pupil in his left eye is permanently dilated. 
This is a nod to the Road Warrior. When his car is forced off the road by Wes and Max crashes, he suffers a, a severe injury to, among other body parts, his left eye. The disparity is easier to see in close-ups and very easy to see in high-definition versions of the film. In the regular version, it's most prominent when uh, Max first looks down on the Thunderdome. Didn't notice. No. I, I did notice something different, like maybe with his face, but I couldn't pinpoint that it was the eyes. Mm-hmm. Until I read it, I was like, oh, that makes sense why it was a little... I just figured it was, well, it's 85, and it's you know bigger budget maybe, and better cameras. Like mm-hmm. Mel looks a little different. But apparently it's the eyes. Uh, the sandstorm at the end of the film was real, and a camera plane flew into it for some shots. Uh, the storm in its entirety hit the crew in the desert, forced them to ride it out in their cars and wherever they could find cover. Yeah, was the sandstorm in the fourth movie real? <laughs> <laughs> that was the only CGI. It was much. all practical, wasn't it? That's what I read. <laughs> this is the note about it being not a Mad Max film. The film was originally not a Mad Max film, but a post-apocalyptic Lord of the Flies film about a tribe of children who are found by an adult. It became the third Mad Max film when George Miller suggested that Max is the man who finds the children. So, the, once again, these are mostly all from IMDb, so mm-hmm. take them with a grain of salt, but I could see it. It says here, Auntie's dress was 121 pounds, or over that. 55 kilograms for everyone else outside the U.S. Oh, and if you, she doesn't really move a lot. Yeah, she just kind of strides. Sense. But she, she just kind of strides around like a short distance most of the time. She has good posture though. What's that? She has good posture though. Yep. You never uh, see her slumping or anything. It's always mm-hmm. pretty majestic, I'd say. Well, she probably had been performing Proud Mary for about twenty years at that point. <laughs> but if you ever seen her do Proud Mary, you probably see why she's in pretty good shape. And she's pretty cut, as is Tina Turner's in pretty good shape. Uh, in interviews about the Road Warrior. George Miller said that while Max's world was after the collapse of the social, political, economic system we know, it was not post-World War III. However, per Dr. Dilgood's introduction in the Thunderdome, this film is explicitly set after a war, though not necessarily World War III. That's the note I had read. Mm. That kind of explains that it's after something happened, but not that initial... Like, if it wasn't the World War, it was the war in Australia. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing left. Tina Turner had to shave her head uh, for the wig to fit properly. Apparently, she had no problem with that. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the, the saxophone thing. Um, it's a nod to Mad Max, where Max's wife is playing the saxophone, uh, revealed in the same way, where it was... There's music playing, and then it kind of cuts over, and oh, it's his wife, and she's playing the instrument. Mm-hmm. The film was intended to be the final chapter of the Mad Max franchise, with Mel Gibson bowing out of the role of Max and ending with Max regaining his humanity and walking away into the sunset. And so it was until George Miller made Mad Max Fury Road. So it is kind so of. So that's supposed to explain that ending, just letting him go. Well. Again, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense ending. with the conflict between... Yeah, it doesn't explain Auntie. And how you it, don't resolve that. It explains his character arc, because that's kind of... Right. He's torn. He, he just wants to be left alone, like in all the movies. But not hers. Yeah. And because, like, in... He always, like, reluctantly helps people. 
Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't chomping at the bit to help <clears throat> everyone in Fury Road, and Mad Max a little more so. Well, I think his it, family it, died. It pretty much his motivation just keeps going down mm-hmm. when you start Mad Max to Road Warrior to this to the last. I mean, he hardly even fucking talks in the fourth one. Yeah, but he always ends up rising to the challenge. Right. Actually, doing good. Yeah. And yeah, that's Any all more? the other fun facts I had. Unless you guys had some more. Nope. Any more fun facts? Nope. Uh, the Tina Turner songs were pretty big billboard it was like number one of them was number two in the u.s and number uh, one in Australia. We need, i think the end credits were we need another hero i think that was the gram one of them was won a grammy wasn't it we for, don't need a hero or we don't need yeah no, we don't need another hero or we don't need a hero and then the other one was our living something the opening credit and the end credit but apparently they're pretty popular regardless outside of the movie yeah and like i said the score is I think the score is better than... I mean, the soundtrack technically consists of about two songs, Tina Turner's, but the score mm-hmm. is... I really like the score a lot. The clanking. Score's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Solid movie all around. Thunderdome saves it. Thunderdome itself might be one of my, I don't know, favorite things in the whole series. The Thunderdome? I mean, yeah, the Thunderdome. Yeah. Just the idea of it and the scene... Mm-hmm. setting it up because i love the idea of that but i mean the chases are also kind of you know what it's famous for but i like the world building and it's kind of like we talked about john wick too it's like why does john wick 2 kind of work mm-hmm. or the, why is it a, a good, really good sequel it's well because it isn't just action there's actually they do shit they will they build their world they expand it yeah, i was gonna say the one thing about the mad max movies is it never re doesn't really rehash anything in the mm-hmm. previous one. It'll touch on familiar things, but then do something else, which is kind of refreshing. Even it's, in this one with the kids and the Thunderdome, but you're not going to expect to see the Thunderdome in any other one. I wouldn't. At least I wouldn't be yeah. disappointed, but based on how the movies go. Yeah. It's a little similar to the James Bond and how they're not really sequels. Mm-hmm. The more recent ones are kind of sequels, but before Daniel Craig, all of them... I mean, they have more similar things, more tropey or recurring characters or plot points, but everything's doesn't like nothing takes up after the last movie. Yeah, it's always a new, different story. It's, this is just a new mission, and you just pretend like the last one didn't happen. Well, Max is constantly wandering, so each movie's yep, just a different know, chapter. Having up life. on a different town or group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, w- it would make sense to have different types of movies, almost have like a rated R or a PG thirteen, or because now who's the bad guy in the first one again? What's his name? Uh, Toe Cutter. Toe yeah. Cutter, and then Mortem Joe is mm-hmm. in the fourth one, but it's the same actor. That's yeah. a, it's a similar thing to what we we're talking about before with the dad and the kid. And, yeah, mm-hmm. like the actors, even though those aren't the same actors, that's just very similar characters but they're different well, jebediah is the, the same actor. or jebediah is the, the same pilots actor, are the same actor. the kid the kids mm-hmm. yeah uh but they're different just, characters but they're different. same actors playing different characters right so i mean the mortem joe and toe cutter is kind of the same thing which different after strokes, different folks after i found out about that in fury road it was like that's eh, pretty cool toe cutter is fucking badass yeah <laughs> the first one yep <laughs> <laughs> so anything else you want to add good stuff good movie 
Yeah, check it out. Yep. After you do check it out, check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. Follow us on Twitter at WatchThis underscore movie. Email us at WatchThisMovie at Yahoo.com. Criticism, suggestions, whatevs. And uh, subscribe, please. Give us the old rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Do it. Other than that, we'll check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you're off my case.